Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. So my big idea tonight that I would like to share with you is King's kids are like the king. It's pretty simple stuff, right? So when my wife and I lived in New Jersey, we happened to live right by one of the places that a turning point battle in the Revolutionary War was fought. And they had a park there called Monmouth Battlefield Park. And uh, Rutgers University had, a, had an apple farm there. And at this apple farm, there was all kinds of trees, and nobody picked the apples. They would, let, they would actually fall from the trees. I'd like you to show that picture, if you would, Vetus, please. There we are. And if you, if you look down on the ground there, a few apples are starting to fall. But you know how the old saying goes, right? The apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. How many of you are a little like your parents, if you know who they are? <laughs> or a lot like, unfortunately, you said, I never want to be like them, and here you are, you know. I get it. I get it. I get it. Well, guess what? We have a heavenly father, and we don't fall too far from that tree either. Praise God. Praise God. So um, I'm excited because that's exactly what it's like for you and me as we follow our king, who is the king of heaven and earth. He is our father, our friend. Praise God. And so something about kids, they typically act like their parents, right? And I know you didn't want to act like your mother, but you do sometimes. In fact, my wife and I have this joke. I call her Ethel, which is her mother's name. And she calls me Verge, which is my mother's name. <laughs> oh, it gets bad. <laughs> But you know what? I noticed that sometimes I even find myself walking the way they walked. You know, my, my mom was always like this. She, she's got places to go, and so I'm always like that, and my wife's always saying, slow down, slow down, slow down. And you can't help it, but you, you, know, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your relatives, right? So my poor wife, she comes from a Swedish background. I come from a Lebanese background. They're always fighting over there. In fact, I can't even go to Israel now. We're planning to go to Israel, I told you. Well, they're lobbing bombs from Lebanon into Israel, and so now I can't even go over there. So, you know, but our people are pretty loud. Is there any Lebanese people in here? Even, oh, one or two. My daughter and Jason's got a little Lebanese blood, along with that Scottish red hair. Boy, he's a dangerous combination. I got news for you. So she came to one of our family gatherings, and she was over in the corner shaking. This is when we were, you know, we were getting to know each other. And she was crying. I said, what's wrong? She said, you're, you're hollering at each other. You're fighting. I said, well, we're just talking. You know, well, we were waving our hands and talking, at, you know, like, that's normal. But that's because we talk like our parents, right? The words that we speak sometimes and a lot of our ways can be, you know, for good or for bad. That's the way it is. But guess what? When we're like our heavenly father, the devil does not like it at all. He hates it. 
Satan and his evil minions are in no mood for people that look like Jesus, that talk like Jesus, that walk like Jesus, that say what Jesus said, that do what Jesus did. He hates it. He hates it. And uh, when we know who we are, and Pastor Bobby and the other ministers around here that preach excellently, by the way, I tell you, I feel like I'm in a feast all the time, whether it's Wednesday or Sunday. Every one of these guys. But when we are, when we get grab this message, he is upset. I really believe in the spirit that the more and more that we get to be like Jesus, they are worried about it. So I want you to imagine with me, um, listening to some other undercover recordings we got from our heaven secret agent that we sent in to record one of the devil's meetings here lately in Victoria. The, the speaker of the night was sent by the uh, local principality and power of the air because he was very nervous about it. And this guy's name was Grit Slime. You're going to hear him in just a moment. But he is chastising all the local demons because they're letting us get away with all kinds of good stuff, right? And they're very, very upset. So I want you to listen as we turn on uh, the recording on the on the angel's phone right now. Uh, that you'll be hearing grit slime in just a moment. What is going on around here with all you slime buckets? The prince of the power of the air over Victoria is very upset because people have been getting ooh, saved. Sanctified. Oh my goodness, my evilness. <laughs> my badness. <laughs> Full of the Holy Ghost. Demons are coming out. Some of you have been expelled already. And our master has called this emergency meeting because you slime buckets are dropping the ball. This entire area is going to be filled with the fruits of righteousness. Oh, I hate the word. And it's going to spread, you guys. It's going to spread everywhere. All around this county. All around this region. All around the state. All around the world. Because you are not on the job. Have you forgotten... What you learned in your training at Tempt U? <laughs> we need to spread lies, devils, lies. That's what we pay you for. The only way we're going to honor our frightful, fearful, fiendish leader is to lie and spread lies. Now, yeah, I know. He's the father of lies, of course. But you don't forget to spread the lies. Now, as much as I hate to do this tonight, I've got a quote from the adversary's manual. Because we need to know what the enemy's plans are. And some of you obviously don't get it yet. 
So I'm going to read from the Holy Bible. I only do this because you obviously need help. You dumb demons don't even understand the popular human saying, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And you're letting people act like Jesus and not trying to turn them around. Don't you realize the more that the king's kids are like him? We're at toast. <laughs> so here we go. How it sickens me to quote his truth. But I want you to note. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the following three main points are taken from. The Encyclopedia Demonica. Number one. Number one, the king's kids walk like the king. First John 2, 6. Ooh, that's the guy that loves everybody. Oh, reminds me of Pastor Caleb. He's always saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. <laughs> he doesn't love me, but he, you know. First John 2, 6. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Now get this, you slime buckets. The word walk in the Greek means to tread all around, especially as proof of ability. Understand this. If these disgusting Christ followers keep walking like Jesus... We're going to be doomed right here where we're on the planet Earth, not to mention when we're in the fires of hell. So you better get your act together and start tempting these people. Keep planting the diabolical idea that all of this stuff in the Bible is only for back then. Yeah. Yeah, it all passed away with the apostles. Yeah, we're going to... We got to keep telling them that. And, and if that doesn't work, you tell them, let the preachers do it. Yeah, that's the preacher's job, right? Yeah, that's been working for a long time. We don't want them all getting the idea that they're supposed to do the stuff, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm not Jesus. That's another good one. Oh, who do you think I am, Jesus? They don't realize that really Jesus is in them. But keep telling them that, he's, that they're not like him. All right, number two. The king's kids' words and works are like the king. Now, you guys aren't going to like this scripture. John 14, 10, and 12. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? This is Jesus talking now. He's going to tell them who he is and what he came to do. And what he does, the words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the father who dwelt, ugh, dwells in me does the works. So the words and the works of Jesus were coming from God, God Almighty. I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do will he do also, and greater works than these that will he do. Do you know what that means, you guys? That means that you and I are going to be cast out all over the place. 
That means that every time we turn around, these holy rollers are going to be casting us out and putting us in pigs and putting us in the Gulf of Mexico and everywhere else. My God, my, my devil. <laughs> if the king's kids ever start speaking and acting like him, we are in big trouble. Number three, and I'm almost done. Almost, but you know I'm a liar, so yeah. <laughs> oh, this is way worse than Dr. Phil, isn't it? <laughs> Thank God for the black towel, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Before I give you the master strategies to save the world, I want to point out to you what is not always obvious to demons or men. Jesus modeled having, oh, this word is kind of sickening, compassion, whatever that is, on the multitudes of people, but the, the, the horriblest thing of all is that he loved people one at a time. Even when all the multitudes and the crowds were there, he'd see one person and he'd go to them. He'd see someone like Zacchaeus, that stupid tax collector, that we had him all wrapped up in our, in our fangs. He was betraying his people. Everything was going good. He's ripping them off. And Jesus comes through in some kind of parade, and he walks away from the crowd that's wanting to see him, and he goes and spends the afternoon with this dude. And the dude repents of everything he's done wrong. He says he's going to pay the people back four times of what he stole from them. Hell lost another one. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you guys. Don't you realize he not only cares for the multitudes, but he cares for every single person. Wake up. He told his parable. Then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him to hear him. Oh, I hate that. And the Pharisees and scribes, well, we like them, don't we? <laughs> Complained, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, what man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. Man, I don't know if devil's cry, but I feel like crying right now. <laughs> and when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. 
I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven. Oh, I hate that place. Over one sinner who repents more than over 90 and 9 just persons who need no repentance. Come on, man. We've got to have hell rejoicing and instead heaven's rejoicing with Jesus or one of his people come along and care for somebody. Or that woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one, does not light a lamp, does she not light the lamp, sweep the house, search carefully until she finds it? Oh, what a cheapo. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I found the peace which I lost. Oh, that's sickening, isn't it? Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Okay, so get this. He goes after the tenth coin. He goes after the 100th sheep. Because he cares. Now make sure these people don't follow his ways. Because a lot of them, let's face it, you all, they're not going to preach to the multitudes. But every one of those Christians, every one of them can care for one person. And that's where you're going to mess up if you let that happen. You know, it might be somebody like that guy. Remember that guy who came to Jesus by night because all these crowds were around and he doesn't want anybody finding out that a religious ruler is, go- is curious? So Nicodemus, remember that guy? He goes and talks to Jesus at night, one guy. And to that one man, he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should should not perish, but have everlasting life to one. And that's like one of the most famous scriptures in the whole world. You never let the one snake to your hands. He also told that same guy that same night, you got to be born again to enter the kingdom of God of the water and the spirit. And we let him get by with that one instead of keep them locked in as a Pharisee and as a hypocrite and legalist. You see, even one person can change the world. Now I'm going to tell you one more, and I don't want you to forget this one, because it's not only the one person, but it's everyone the one person knows. It spreads, and the worse these people are, the more we had them. When they get saved, they're more thankful. They love him more. They go tell everybody, and it's a disaster when just one person gets saved. So remember when Jesus says, I got to go to Samaria. Well, we had that kind of wrapped up that we kept the Jews away from the Samaritans because they're half-breeds, and, you know, we didn't like them. You know, they didn't like each other. Oh, that's really good, right? Well, so Jesus decides one day, he says, I got to go to Samaria. And all the disciples are going, oh, my goodness, what? oh, my badness. What are they doing? So he goes there and he meets this many 
Oh, this woman had many men. She was really bad. We, we liked her, actually. <laughs> we had her. And Jesus leaves all the crowds, and he goes walking over by her in the wrong territory. And he sits down, and he talks to her at the well. And to this one woman, it's the first time he ever told anybody he was the Messiah, and it was to her. What in the world? And you know what she does? After he tells her all of her sins, and he, she finds out that men have to worship him in spirit and truth, you know what she does? She goes and runs into town, into Samaria, and she tells all of her friends who knew she was, you know, a bad girl. Very prom promiscuous, is that the word? Super bad. Five times bad, at least. Oh, we had her good. But no, no more. She goes and tells all the people in town, and the whole town comes out, and they say, oh, now we don't believe because of what you said. We saw him for ourselves. We believe. So you lost the whole town because you lost the one person. And to make matters worse, later on, in that book of the Acts, oh, I hate that book. Because it tells her about how the apostles acted. They acted just like Jesus. They walked like him. They talked like him. They did his ways. And so this guy named Philip, he's down in Samaria, the same place. You think it was an accident that he had a big revival there and demons came flying out? Some of you were there. You came flying out. And all the people were happy and some of them got healed. And there was great joy in that city. Oh, don't you hate that joy? We're supposed to be making people miserable. But because of that one woman, they remembered that when Philip came and preached about Jesus, then they all got saved, more of them. Filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the name of, ooh, Jesus. So you see, how disgusting it was. His followers cared for people one at a time just like him. And they, like that Pastor Caleb, that guy. He said they turn the world upside down. <laughs> oh, all this isn't bad enough already. You better pay close attention to the master's, the enemy's master strategy to spread his terrible teaching about grace and love and forgiveness and freedom Ooh, all around the world. And there's 8 million people or more in the world right now. This plan that I'm going to tell you what it is in just a minute is one of our merciless master's worst nightmares. And it ought to be yours too. Here's what he told Jesus told 11 hand-picked disciples on a mountain in Galilee after he died, buried, and rose again. Which, by the way, our supreme evilness is still extremely touchy about this, so don't bring it up. <laughs> because we had it all worked out. We're going to get him beaten and crucified, and we're going to bury him in a grave, but the 
guy came up out of the grave. But before he went up to heaven, he gives him this plan. You better be listening to me. And honestly, which I hate the word honestly. I should be lying right now, but I got to tell you, <laughs> frankly, <laughs> we, we can't believe that he would entrust this plan to mere mortals. It blows our demonic minds. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. <clears throat> Did you catch that slime buckets? All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. Then he says, go, therefore. Whenever you see that word, therefore, in these words, you say to yourself, what's it there for? <laughs> it's because he had all authority in heaven and earth. He said, therefore, you go and get this. He's going to be living in them. And if the one who's living in them has all authority in heaven and earth, guess what? Slime buckets. Every one of them dudes and dudesses. They have got Jesus, the one with all authority in heaven and earth, living in them. That means they can cast you out. That means they can heal people that you made sick. That means they can save people from hell. Mm. Plus, a few days afterwards... You know, on that day of Pentecostaliness, he fills him with the Holy Spirit, ghost, whatever. And he said, you're going to have power to be witnesses to me. And you know what? I looked up that word power in the Greek. <laughs> Not really. Devils don't do that. But, <laughs> but it means... Hmm. It means, what does it mean? <laughs> oh, it's dunamis. Dunamis, that's the Greek word. It means force. Specifically, miraculous power, abundant ability. This is where that English word dynamite comes from. Every one of those Christianos, they have miraculous power, force, ability inside of them because the Holy Spirit's in them and Jesus is in them. They have this authority and this power. You better understand your enemy. Now you see, I, why, you're going to see why I told you to pay, pay very close attention to every word of this adversary's mandate right here. And then he says to him, go therefore and make disciples. You know what those dudes are? And Judas is? 
Those are pupils. Those are learners. That's what that word means. You never mind. So do your best to keep them from learning and enrolling others to learn. And then he says, make disciples of all nations. I bet you don't know what the word nations means, do you? It doesn't mean countries. It's ta ethnos. It means all races, especially non-Jewish foreigners. Wow. That means all these different people. Red, yellow, black, and white. And precious in his sight. You ever hear that song? It's horrible. Jesus loves the little children of all of the world. Purple, green, yellow, doesn't matter. <laughs> Baptizing. Oh, that word is so ridiculous. What, can you imagine dumping people in water and speaking the name of Jesus on them? That seems so stupid to us. But you know what? They come up out of that water, and they're totally different. It's like they died and got buried and rose again. Can't let that happen. Can't let that happen. All right, my voice is weird out. <laughs> so you got to baptize them. And then he says this, and this is the kicker right here. Teaching them to observe all things. Can you all say all things that I have commanded you? Okay, everybody, I don't hear any shrieks of terror right now. You obviously don't get that, what I just said. He told him to teach all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And you know what that means? I'll tell you what it means. Sorry, that's the end of the recording. <laughs> The underground, the underground de uh, angel's battery died. So <laughs> you're back stuck with me again. <laughs> so sorry, everybody. Uh, but we do have a report on what was said. Do you want to hear it? He told us just verbally. The final warning that grit slime gave to his slime buckets is this, the key to fulfilling Christ's command to go into all the world and teach and preach the gospel. The key to fulfilling it was inside the command. Because in that command, he ended it by saying, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. So what did Jesus command? What were the commands of Christ? To love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you love one another, right? That they may be one, even as we are one, Father. So they had unity. They had love. They spoke the truth. They gave. They were sharing people. They were generous people. They forgive one another. We can't plant those roots of bitterness anymore. Oh, I'm not the devil anymore. I'm not a devil anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the roots of bitterness can't be planted by any demons because we are forgiving people. And he wanted them to teach all these people that they're baptizing to love, to forgive, to give, to pray, 
And he told them one last command before he rose up into heaven. What was it, y'all? To go into all the world. Teach, baptize, teach. What? What? Did you get it yet? Every one of us has to not only be a disciple maker, but we have to make disciple makers. We have to teach them, yeah, to pray, yeah, to come to church, to worship, to love, all of that. But then we have to teach them to all things whatsoever Jesus commanded, including the command to go and teach. So what is that? That's reproducing spiritually, right? We're multiplying ourselves. It's not just the apostle's job. It's every Christian's job to teach, baptize, and teach others. Now watch this. And we're going to do a little. I'm, I know Jesus didn't say this. I'm going to close with this. He said to go into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone and everyone you meet. And I believe very strongly in mass evangelism and crowds and preaching to crowds and you know, doing crusades and revivals and church services. I love it. I love it. And Jesus did those kind of things, didn't he? That's all part of it. But we have forgotten what else he did, and that is go to every single one person and disciple them, teach them. That's why here at Riverside, we have a little on-ramp. We call it growth track. That's just the beginning, though. What Pastor Caleb and I were talking the other day. We said, that's just the on-ramp to the freeway. But then once you get on the freeway, man, we got some other cool stuff coming down the pike. <clears throat> First of all, we have great worship services where you're going to, you get a syllabus even. I mean, you know, that's really cool, right? But you get to practice it in your family. You get to hear the Word of God over and over on Sunday and Wednesday until, you, you know, you start to believe this stuff, that you're the king's kid. You walk like him. You you act like him. You do like him. You cast out demons. You heal the sick. You raise the dead. Freely you have received. Freely give. And then you become a very dangerous person to all the hellions that are everywhere and all the demons that are everywhere because you are a spiritually reproducing disciple. I'm going to call them dy dynamic disciples who become <coughs> duplicating disciple makers. <laughs> Say that fast five times. Dynamic disciples that become duplicating disciple makers. So I'm going to pretend that I'm Jesus. I know that's very hard, especially for my wife. But, <laughs> but I, first person, I, I'm going to say one. Here's my, my great commission is nothing like his. It's just a little knockoff kind of a thing. But to show you the power of what we just heard, I'm going to try and win my son-in-law first. Okay, so... I'm Jesus. This is my very first disciple. Come here. What's your name, sir? Francois. Okay, Francois. Love this guy. Okay, buddy. You got to love Jesus. Yeah. You got to be baptized. You been baptized yet? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Be born again into the spirit. Yeah. Talking in tongues. I like that. You like yeah. to talk in tongues? Love that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're going to do that. Now, however, you got to love everybody. You got to forgive everybody. Really? Yeah. You got to give, forgive. Yeah. Yeah, I saw you holding your wallet up when you were baptized. You got to let it go under. <laughs> okay, so we're going to pick. And I want you now. Now, 
I got to teach you everything he commanded, including all the stuff that I've taught you. So we've got to go. And this one year, I'm going to put this limitation on it. Jesus never did. One year, Richard, we're going to go and get one person, disciple them until they become a disciple maker. All right? Can we do that? Year, year one, let's go. Go get one. We'll just have him do it because I'm Jesus, all right? Okay, so I'll be working with you, though. I'll be in you. I'll be working with you. I'll give you the Spirit's power. You got two? How many you got now? Geniuses. Two. Come. Come. Oh, okay. Now, now this, this guy, you don't want to come? Come unto me, all ye that labor. What's your name? Brian. Okay, Brian. I know who you are because I know all things. But anyway. Anyway, I want you, you to go, I want you to go get one, each of you to go get one now, but you have to remember, you just don't come and sit in the pew, listen to sermons, you know, give money. You are a disciple maker, right? And you have a year now, you guys, each of you to get one year two. Go. Hurry. Come on. The Lord, I'm coming soon. All right. Now I gotta tell you, there's another chat, another gospel writer that said every creature, these guys are just winning, man. How about some of the ladies get brought to the Lord? Huh? <laughs> some of you didn't get that. Okay. <laughs> so this time, I want you to win some women, okay? <laughs> Not all. You don't have to all be. Oh, he's sneaking one in before the year's over. <laughs> Those newlyweds, that's what happened. <laughs> oh, no, no, Okay. You can invite them. You know, that's one of the ways to do it. Jesus said compel them to come in, but I want you to go to them. All right? <laughs> all right. That's sweet. All right. We'll, we'll let them pass, right? Now, I want you all to go and get one. Go ahead. Year, I guess this is year three now, right? He got his mother-in-law. Oh, my goodness. What's wrong with that guy? <laughs> Okay. All right, if we were keeping track, but honestly, this is the way it does happen, that more than just one comes, right? Right? Now watch this, Riverside Church. The devil's going to be really mad now if all 700 of us that have been hanging around here lately won one person next year. How many would there be in this church? What about the next year? 28. You get the idea. Oh, yeah. That, I'm sorry, y'all. That church is not going to be big enough. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So if we would have done this as I had prescribed, <clears throat> we would have had, <clears throat> in year four, we would have had 16 people, right? So go ahead and win one more this year. Make sure that they're not only coming, but they're discipled to win someone else. Because that's all part of everything he commanded. Each one reach one. Each one teach one. Come on. Nobody can break the chain. Everyone is involved with this. Now how many we would, would we have in year five? 32, right? Keep going. Year six. Go get some more. Some more. I'm coming soon. The Lord's coming soon. The night is coming when no man can work. So all of you go and get one more. Go ahead. Go. Go. 
I know we're going to run out of people here in a short time. If we're doing our addition right and we had only one, we'd have 64. That's it. Bring them all in. Young, old, men, women, rich, poor, every color, Lebanese, Swedish, Finnish, Hispanic, gringos, whatever. <laughs> All right. Keep going. One more. I think we can go one more time barely and we'll have the whole gang. Go ahead. Go get them. We're not satisfied till the whole world is one. Go for it. Get another one. <clears throat> Come on, don't let someone else do it. You go. <laughs> Oh, this is fun, right? The cool thing is this can actually happen, y'all. <clears throat> Woo! I want you to imagine someone that you've got on your heart, a family member, a friend, a loved one, someone that you're going to meet that God's going to lead you to. I want you to imagine them right now. We're going to pray that the Lord will work and use each one of us to win one person and help them to become a dynamic, duplicating disciple this year. Because you know what? If it was year eight, we'd have 256. If it was year nine, we'd have 512. If it was year 10, we'd have 1,024. If it was year 15, you'd have 32,768. This church is celebrating 15 years this year. We should have 32,000 people or more if we would have started with one and done this. But we're not disappointed because now we know, devil, what we have to do. We're taking over this area. And it's going to spread all over the nation and the world. Year 20, you'd have 4,195,000. Year 25, you'd have 134,217,728. In year 30, you'd have 4,294,976,296. And watch this, by year 32, you'd have 8,600,934,592 people, which is more than the population of the world today. That's our Father's Great Commission. Come on, let's praise the Lord right now. Let's worship Him. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.